Welcome everyone to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for downloading or streaming our podcast, taking some time out of your busy life to listen to us. And remember, if you're digging the show, please subscribe, leave us a kind rating, share it with your friends, whatever it takes to get the Chompcast name out there. Um, we have so much fun stuff to talk about today. I am excited. As always, it's Friday. Uh, first and foremost, the topic of the show this week is first-person shooters. More importantly, why have we all kind of collectively lost interest in the genre? And even though they're still the most popular genre in the planet. Um, <laughs> there are some caveats there, but we'll get to that later. Um, we'll also be talking some Wolfenstein 2, some Mario Odyssey, and uh, a little Cuphead as well. Um, plus, we have a really cool BioBreak article involving an otter. Yes, a prehistoric otter from your nightmares. Um, it's going to be a grand old fucking time, so let's introduce the crew that's here with me today. Um, in honor of, of Wolfenstein, Josh, I've prepared some German-themed intros. Um, so, uh-huh. first, <laughs> so first up, that, uh-huh, uh, Joshua Fowler is here, of course, from Michigan. And uh, Josh, um, for our listeners, this is actually, your name has a beautiful ring to it in German. This is what it sounds like. Yuzwa. 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 It's interesting. What do you think about that, Josh? Yuzwa. 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 <laughs> it, it, it's it's hmm. it adds a whole different flavor. Um, that almost sounds French to me. Are you yeah, sure that's uh, German, Morgan? I, I swear to God. I swear to God. I you just go right into Google. You pop it in Joshua in German, and it's right there, fish. I promise. Hmm. See, this is this okay. is not just a great intro. It's a way to you know we're we're helping people learn about yeah. a foreign language here. Get on um, Google and type in words. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh Which is, is a, here. Yeah, that's fun to do with any word, really. Just just type it in Google. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, you go down a dark hole, and I got to, I went down some dark <laughs> holes. Let me tell you, that. Uh, no pu- full pun intended. I guess that's probably the wrong analogy but uh <laughs> we're glad you're here josh um thanks for joining us i i looked up my name of course um which my name has a weird fucking sound to it uh morgan of course your host from montana um this is what morgan sounds like in german morgan morgan sounds more powerful doesn't it? it makes me sound aggressive sure yeah yeah, I like Morgan. 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 But this is this I thought was the coolest one. Um, so I looked up uh, Anthony Fisher. Our next co-host, Fish, is joining us from Texas. Um, this is this is what your name sounds like, Fish, in German. Douchebag. Huh? That's weird. That's what? Wait a second. Are you sure Douchebag. that's German? Yeah, is that, that German? Hold on, I remember that one from class. Okay, was, okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's correct. You can verify? Okay, yeah. okay, good. Yeah, that's spot on. <laughs> okay. The, it the sounds F awfully is, like douchebag. The F is, it, it's, it's strange. <laughs> it's, it's not what you you'd expect. Yeah. Listen, Fish, just really listen, okay? Douchebag. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. definitely right. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, it's beautiful. It's, German is a beautiful language. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, douchebag in uh, German actually sounds like this. Dumb cop. 
Doomkopf. <laughs> That's a cool one, too. Um, so, yeah, I went down this dark hole of just listening to a bunch of words in German this week. But um, thank you for being here, Fish. I appreciate it, as usual. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we, now, we now know how beautiful your name sounds in German. So <laughs> It's lovely. No, no, one will, <laughs> no one will ever forget it. Um, our, our co-host and friend, Shay, could not make it today. He had some prior obligations. So he is missing another podcast. Shay's missing a lot of podcasts, goddammit. So, I mean, we got... I'm just trying to find ways to talk shit on when he's gone. Um, but Fish, you know, as much shit as we give Fish, I don't think he's missed a podcast, have you? I've missed one. Oh, that you was missed because, one? Oh. Yeah, we, I was heading up to Montana for vacation. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. I forgot about that one. And, you know, that was beyond your control. You've been pretty reliable, Fish. You know what I mean? You're You're kind of like... An STD. You can't quite get rid of you, um, flaring up, but, um, you know, you're always there. So oh, that, that's a beautiful way of putting it, Morgan. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and Shay will be back hopefully next week, and this gives him time to do God knows what else. Be catch up on some games. Um, but fuck, man, we have, you know, Shay, Shay likes to trick us on a thing he doesn't like, first-person shooters, which is the topic of the show. But we all know secretly, he really does. And I don't like Call of Duty, and then he crushes it in a weekend. Oh, I don't like Battlefield. And he, he you know, he, the only, Shay doesn't like the good shooters, like Destiny. That's his problem. He just likes the really bad ones. So, it's probably best that he miss, uh, misses our topic of the show, which is first-person shooters, which, I don't know. I guess when I probably threw this topic out there, I can only imagine you guys went, uh... We have to talk about first-person shooters. Is that what you were thinking, Josh? You can be honest. Eh. It depends on the first-person shooter, but yeah. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Now, the caveat I mentioned at the beginning of the show is that, of course, Josh, your favorite game of last year was Overwatch, which is indeed one of them first-person shooters. And Fish, of course, his favorite game that he just doesn't stop talking about uh, is Destiny 2. and also one of them first-person shooters. So, you know, there are caveats there, but in general, we don't really get that excited about first-person shooters when they release, and I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about why and maybe things that we would, you know, look forward to in the, in the genre. Um, so, you know, the new Call of Duty dropped, and I got thinking about this today, not only because I've been playing Wolfenstein for the show, but the new Call of Duty dropped and the World War II Call of Duty, and it has just been selling like crazy. I was looking at some sales numbers. Um, it, they're saying it's doubled the sales of Infinite Warfare. In mm. the uh, in yeah, and that's already and that's crazy. Um, that was launch day sales of of uh, Infinite mm. Warfare. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And I don't and, know. And I kind of I can see that though. They've started doing so many more incentives to pre-order that I can see launch day sales continuing to go up just because. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and you can always go back to that World War II well. But the interesting thing about that, I thought, was I was reading the article on um, about the sales, and uh, I think it was on Polygon. I had it up right right here, and they were talking about how <laughs> they were like Activision was basically saying, you know, uh, Infinite Warfare was a weak seller for us. And I looked it up, and that thing sold seven point six million copies, and that's just the physical copies. But that's considered weak for them because mm-hmm. first person shooters are now churned out in this like assembly line annual thing that it's just getting crazy i think for me that leads to like my first point of discussion with you guys for me there's just seems to be a drop in creativity um because of that now because they become so popular and everyone's trying to annualize it with the next battlefield right or the next call of duty i've been going on what 10 fucking years now 
Because of that, even though these games are incredibly popular and, and they're not by any means technically bad games, you don't see a lot of creative risks. They're not breaking a lot of interesting ground artistically. Um, and that, to me, I think becomes more apparent year after year after year, including this World War II game, which I know people love World War II. This isn't to slight them at all. Um, but it's, again, they're basically just sitting around going, well, let's go back to World War II because we haven't done that in a while and it's going to sell. So I think yeah. for the, f- the first sticking point for me is that. But what about you, Josh? I mean, that, there, there's a lot to that. Um, I mean, I've dabbled in some of the Call of Duties since Modern Warfare, and mm. they're all so similar that it's just, it's hard to get excited. Mm. Um, it's really hard to get excited. I mean, they're like, like you said, they're not bad. They're just, they don't do anything that interests me anymore. Like, I've played them. If you've not played them before, pick one up. You'll probably really like it. If you've played one before, Maybe don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, they they kind of they kind of share the same uh, like common threads as far as like gameplay mechanics and all mm-hmm. and everything, um, which is upsetting to me. Like you would think that they would come out with something different, but uh, games like I think Titanfall kind of breaks that up a bit. But Titanfall just for some reason still isn't as popular as like Call of Duty, like people who like call of duty just continually go back to call of duty year after year which is just is strange to me because it, the the core mechanics of those games don't seem to deviate too far from what it originally was it was the robots fish they put the robots in titanfall and the robots in call of duty and they didn't sell as much because <laughs> i don't know what it is about ro- I mean, ro- we, we love that shit but I, they generally tend to you know people like the more simplified versions of of their shooters to a degree. If it is that popular, that is what you'll generally see. But that's a good point, Fish, because um, isn't that weird, though? Like, like take Titanfall, for example. That was Respawn. That was actually the people that were involved in Modern Warfare. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was Infinity Ward. Um, and, and Respawn as well. And they went over, and they had a chance, and they basically just took a lot of, like, Titanfall does share a lot of similarities, just by example with yeah. uh, Modern Warfare. So it feels like they just basically added the robot component to it, which is really cool, you know, mechs or whatever. But even then, they had it, instead of going out and making something really crazy, new, and interesting, they carried a good chunk of that DNA over. Um, and it's just... I, but I was thinking about, like, Bioshock was... Still, they're shining examples like Bioshocks, right? Where technically that was a shooter, and that was a long time ago, but they were trying to really push grounds with um, the storytelling. And you get little blips here and there that are really interesting along those lines. And like, Josh, you're an interesting case study because like you said with, about how you feel about first person shooters and then your beloved Blizzard comes along and makes Overwatch and you end up falling in love with it. Like, mm-hmm. that's weird, right? Like, what was it about Overwatch that really stood out to you in a sea of, you know? A lot of it's game, well, it's, it's super team focused. Like, that, that's mm-hmm. really the thing. Um, which makes that really changes the way you play the games, and that's that's much more interesting to me. Um, having to focus more on the team dynamics than on going out and getting your sick, you know, sick three sixty no scope headshots. It's like it's that's not as much of a thing. It's it's so much more about the overarch, overarching strategy than about um, individual play. You could there's still a lot of room for that, but. But without the team stuff as a foundation, it just, you can't really fake your way through it. Um, 
it seems like it carries over a lot of the raid principles that you loved about like wow in a way right yeah yeah a lot it, it did that um i mean another thing that it did that i really enjoyed is that it got away from a lot of the simulation e type mm. aspects of shooters um mm -hmm. where almost no one can aim down scope except for the snipers like there's mm, okay. two characters where you can aim down sights everyone yeah. else you don't have to do that there are more or less no physics when you're on the ground there's no acceleration anything like that so it feels really responsive because yeah. of that um it just it feels great it really does it feels amazing to play um Overwatch is kind of one of those examples of, the, of Blizzard's taking like a, a very simple formula and saying we can jazz this up by number one, making it more team based, and then of course the characters. Like we can make mm -hmm. our game stand out because everybody's going to fall in love with the character. Cosplay is a huge thing, you know. That was such a smart. And look at Destiny; like they stood out because of the raids. Like people, mm -hmm. literally, the raids were people. Uh, even if the shooting, as, as Fish I'm sure can attest to, it is fantastic in that game, if not the most original thing in the world. Those raids were so unique at the time, teaming together yeah. and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's ab absolutely the the multiplayer PVE content is something that people have missed. I really do, because I mean, that's something that we used to love just getting together and playing through Halo campaigns. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not the same thing, but it's it scratches that same itch in a way that we've not really gotten mm -hmm. from these shooters in in a unique way in a long time yeah halo kind of tricked us because it came out of nowhere and it changed the game for consoles console shooters at the time and mm -hmm. yeah like you're saying it's basically just been more of that you can get online and play co-op halo with your friends i guess now if you want but people have been doing that for 10 years so it's they're looking for new ways to scratch that itch like you're saying and fish like what is it for you i know you love destiny with all of your heart but you don't really seem to have a strong affinity toward or excitement about a lot of other shooters. And so why is that? Like, if your favorite game in the whole world is a shooter, why do you tend to not feel the same way about the genre? Um, For Destiny, it would probably be, like, the world that they've built around it. Like, <clears throat> that story was very interesting to me at first when I first heard about, you know, Destiny, the first one. Um, and I was the, very the story or like the world or the lore, the, more of the lore, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like the campaign. Yeah, this the campaign in the first one definitely didn't do much for me, but it still served as kind of like world building where you're going to these different planets and um, you're being told all this different stuff about the different enemies that you're fighting. Um, mm. But as far as like a cohesive story, yeah, it kind of does drop the ball there. Um, and they they sort of write it uh, in some later on expansions, uh, The Taken King. <clears throat> um, while its story was pretty simple, you're just taking out The, the Taken King, essentially. But um, what they built around that with the world and everything um, was so alluring and uh, kept me coming back to, you know, uh, the Dreadnought and exploring it just because like, yeah. everything in there just felt real nice and... Um, almost atmospheric and you felt like you were in a place in that world at at, at that time you know um as so opposed to like different games out there that that their campaigns just almost feel like a second thought at that point and yeah. are more mm -hmm. I, I mean like I, I hate to bag on call of duty so much but <clears throat> it's so popular and yet 
I feel like their campaigns don't seem to uh, necessarily elevate that game in any way and doesn't necessarily get as much accolades as I think it should be in a AAA type of game. Um, But, I mean, people, a lot of people just don't even play those single-player campaigns uh, from Call of Duty and just jump straight into the multiplayer, and that's where they reside as far as uh, playing that game. Yeah, so it sounds like for you, for you, it's definitely more of the the world building and the setting around uh, the gameplay as well, which is really important. Which I I am totally with you on. I was actually sitting around thinking about this today. Like, what were the last shooters that actually like impacted me that I generally was interested in? And of course, I love Destiny as well. Um, and then it was probably Doom last year, which I didn't finish, mm-hmm. but I loved. I got pretty close to the end. But the Doom was was really incredible. And then I kind of enjoyed Overwatch, but again, I'm just not into multiplayer only online games uh and that's pretty much it like going all the way back i couldn't think of another one for like five six years that really had an impact on me and i was like holy shit like that's crazy like like i i did not expect that um and Mm. that's 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 unfortunate you know and to, to bungie's credit they might not be you know rewriting the book per se, but they have done a lot of interesting things with the genre. Like I said, the art direction is really strong. They're creating this really interesting world. They have the best, it just feels great to play the game on top of it. The music's incredible. Like they do a lot of peripheral, um, periphery things. I don't know if that's the right word I'm looking for, um, to, to make that experience so interesting, like fish was alluding to, but yeah, it's, there's a little stag. I mean, and yet, everyone still loves these games. They're still selling like crazy. I, I know I'm in the minority because I see people posting about them all the time, and that's fine. It's not. This isn't like, yeah. oh, shooters are bad. You're wrong. It's just, you know, for me and for us, like, how come we don't get as excited about them? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- yeah, hmm. and I and I think for me, it really comes down to because they're churning them out so quickly now. In a lot of ways, you don't see as much originality. Um, yeah. As we well, could. I mean, on a similar vein there, um, I think there's been a Kingdom Hearts game about every year since the second one, more or less. They've all been like little side ones. I've not given a crap to play any of those, yeah. even though I love that series. And I, th- I feel like it's the same sort mm-hmm. of thing. It's, it's, I, f- I get that exact same feeling every time a new Call of Duty comes out. I'm like, Oh, that's great. I sure hope the two people who are still interested care, although I'm obviously wrong about that two people thing, but mm-hmm. I like I get the same sort of feeling. Like it's it's just not anything that I I don't know. Like I just I don't care yeah. to get that steady dose of it all the time. Yeah, I think for me also, it's just the nature of shooters. As I've grown older, this is going to sound weird, but I was thinking a lot about this today because me and my girlfriend were talking about relationships, how in the best relationships, hopefully you grow together. But in a lot of cases, like when you get a divorce, like I'm divorced, obviously, and me and my ex-wife grew apart. Like we were both growing and changing as people. Everyone's growing and changing and evolving, but we were growing apart instead of together. And then, of course, we ended up uh, separating. And that was, you know, that sucked, but that's, that's how life goes sometimes. Like. Josh, you might wake up one day, even if our podcast is doing great in three years, and be like, you know what? I'm a different person, and I don't want to sit here and listen to Morgan and Fish talk anymore. I fucking can't stand that. That reminds me. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm out. <laughs> no, come back, Josh. Oh, we'll change right. our ways. <laughs> God. It's, it's, it's happening before my very eyes. But so I just, like, I think about my relationship to shooters since I, <laughs> and, and over the course of my life, and now as an adult, like, 
what I'm looking for from a video game, shooters provide me less and less. And that yeah. sucks. Uh, and especially I noticed that playing Wolfenstein, where there's just a lot of aggressive explosions and shooting. Like, I, I usually go into the... Sh- now when I play shooters, the first thing I do... It's going to make me sound like an old man, so don't make fun of me. The first thing I do is I go into the menu, and I fucking turn the volume down <laughs> on... I turn the music up, and I turn the volume down to, like, 30 or 40. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the difficulty, but the volume. No, just That's the volume. A, you, you are an old man. It's, it's just like rock and roll music. And... <laughs> it's just too much. Like, I just don't want to sit there for 12 hours and hear things explode. I just not, it's just not for me. And it's frustrating because every single one of these games does the same thing now. Like they, don't, they restrict your sound options. Destiny did it too. I love the soundtrack in Destiny. You can't just turn the gameplay gunfire down in Destiny. You, they have, they've set it up to where like the sound and the soundtrack and the gunfire like on one level, um, and um, Wolfenstein did the same thing. So that's kind of a bummer. But I always try to. And I guess what I'm learning as I get older, I'm the things that interest me more about games have cha- are changing and evolving. And shooters are providing that less and less, unless they're more like first per- person exploratory shooters, right? Like, it's really, like, the environments are really important. Like, one of the things I did in Destiny 2, as silly as it sounds, I spent a lot of time just looking around because the game is so beautiful, right? I just every, like, oh, this, this incredible forest or I'm in this weird facility and the architecture. Like, a lot of what made that game so interesting to me is, like, it's tickling my imagination in places that uh, uh, shooters don't normally do it. So I'm, I'm learning that as I grow and evolve as a gamer, shooters are offering me personally less of what I love or more interested in in video games right now. But that's something I just learned about myself. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, that that sounds about right. I mean, most of the first-person games I've really loved mm-hmm. in recent history are not shooters. Like I think I think people are finally realizing you can use first-person for stuff other than shooting. Um and we're we're you're getting some really cool stuff out of that. I mean, stuff like The Witness, playing a puzzle yeah. game in first person, that added in, I mean, it's it's odd. You're playing a 2D puzzle, but you're first person in this whole world while you go around uh-huh. and solve stuff, and it yeah, it's really cool. It it makes you think about the perspective you're you're looking at stuff from, um, in really cool ways. Well, in so many indie um, games now, like Gone Home, and um, ah, fuck, I'm forgetting the one that just came out in space, Tacoma. Like mm-hmm. that first-person perspective is a lot more prominent now in these, uh, in using that perspective in just like these smaller, like even low-budget studio games. Um, yeah, I think they're able to make you feel like you're, like you're participating more than you're watching a story. Um, yes, by doing that, which is really cool because I mean, if I think that's something some first-person shooters have kind of tried, but for the most part, not really. It's just. You guy with gun, <laughs> shoot things. Um, yeah, yeah. I wish they did more rawr. of that. Yeah, um, rawr. Can yeah. you give me a roar? roar. <laughs> that wasn't a very wasn't a very menacing roar, Josh. That was that was kind of the point. I, uh, okay, I got it. I was but, oblivious to your joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, um, one, that's one thing I really liked about Resident Evil Seven. Even though it's not a shooter, even when it turns into more of a shooter, like. There is, it's basically technically a first person shooter. That's what they moved it into. But the game yeah. is based around exploration, right? Slowly looking yeah, at. Yeah, it doesn't really play like one. It's just kind of. That's, that's the way the combat works, but that's not the mm. game game. 
Yes. As, as yes. Such. The game is exploring these interesting, well, like a lot of it's escapism, right? We love getting inside of these worlds and mm -hmm. exploring every nook and cranny of that world. When I get inside of Call of Duty, it's 99% of the time, it's not an interesting world for me to explore every nook and cranny of. And, you know, that's just the way I feel about a lot of first person shooters. Um, so it's. It's interesting where the genre is right now. It's still as popular as ever. And I'm sure there's going to be some people that are doing some creative things. And like I said, we all really love Destiny. And uh, even last year, like, Doom was great. Um, but, yeah, not a lot. Battlefront, I'm still optimistic. I'm crossing my fingers because they're doing that campaign. Um, mm -hmm. It seems promising. I'm hoping, you know, that's going to be a fun rental. Spend a day or two with that. Um, but even then, I can only imagine that the gameplay is probably pretty simple, right? It still feels like it's going to be... I don't want to be cynical, but I feel like for the most part, it's going to be very similar to pretty much any first-person shooter I've pretty much ever played. It's just going to be in the world of Star Wars, and I have to hope that the story yeah. and the world make it interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's we'll see. I mean, I'm kind of worried that, yeah, you're going to have a grenade that is a force grenade, but it's you're, you're playing a friggin' shooter, probably. It's kind of, I kind of get worried about that, too. We'll see. We'll see yeah, how optimistic. they do with that. Mm -hmm. Optimistic about that. It could it's not be out. really cool. We'll see. It could. It really could. Um, and that's a nice segue because I, uh, <laughs> I played a lot of Wolfenstein this week. I was the only one here who wanted to take the plunge on Wolfenstein, at least at this point. Wolfenstein 2. And I can be honest with you guys, it wasn't a game that I was interested in, but I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it. Because everyone, in, in like my circle of podcasts, everyone's fucking talking about this Wolfenstein game. And how crazy all these moments are. But it's really annoying. Me and Fish were joking about this during the week. Because everybody's telling you how crazy it is, but they can't tell you about it. Because they don't want to fucking spoil it, right? And we're yeah. yeah. We're they don't want to spoil any of the story beats in that game. They just want to tell tell you how difficult it is, like on its normal difficulty, which is just frustrating. Because it's it, it essentially just sounds like it's a first person shooter with you know just that, and you're just going around shooting Nazis or whatever. Yeah, you're like, what makes this game so fucking interesting? Why are these people freaking out about it? So that's why I wanted to dive into it, and it's an interesting example of them basically taking the most generic route for the actual gameplay but their way of trying to spice up the genre and i'll give them some credit for this is by making the story fucking crazy like like that's that's their thing right like everyone's talking like i was listening to the bombcast this week and they were just going on about how they like had to put their controllers down and they were freaking out but and then after the end of this long discussion they were all just like yeah it's too bad the gameplay isn't very good it's like how does that that's the fucking game you know how does that, that's yeah uh, yeah I, I know like i mean i kind of I was getting that feeling with the first one because I, I think I'm most of the way through with it. But uh -huh. the, the changes they made to it are so meh. Like the the way they try yeah. to make it not just every other first person shooter yeah. is you unlock perks by playing a certain way. Like you start killing people with knives, you unlock oh, more okay. knife perks, you become oh. more stealthy or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So they they kind of. If you're playing in a certain way, they allow you to get better at playing that way. Unlike in That's a lot cool. of games, something like for for example, it's not a first person shooter, but eh, um, in Metal Gear Solid Five, if you play a certain way, the game changes to make that way harder. I don't yeah, know if you yeah. you noticed that, like you um, you just airlift too many people and all of a sudden everyone is super aware about that and they'll start shooting your balloons down um <laughs> to try to work against you so it's not too yeah that's that's interesting yeah um but yeah um yeah the first wolfenstein well not first wolfenstein but the 
the Wolfenstein Wolfenstein. reboot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Wolfenstein, um, yeah. Basically made it easier. If you're playing in a certain way, let's make that way easier for you. Which, yeah. I mean, I get what they were going for, but I think in general that doesn't really work. That kind of, because you, and it gets stale. Because whatever way you figured out to play it the first bit, it encourages you to never switch. Like, because you're getting better at that one thing. Keep uh-huh. doing that. Don't try anything oh. new. Well, it's yeah. That's tough. That's a tough line to... Mm-hmm. Well, and the weird thing about Wolfenstein, too, is I, I was wrong about really not... Well, I was sort of wrong about not needing to play the first one, because the second one mm. did... They had a recap at the beginning, but like a minute and a half into the recap, I'm like, this is fucking nonsense. I don't, mm. I don't give a shit. You know, like, it's not making any sense to me. And I just started it, and it's weird right off the bat. And like, look, I... I if you have common sense, you can pretty much follow along, get caught yourself up, caught up with the characters. But um, it was a little discombobulating at first, and like the game starts off, I guess, fairly strong and kind of weird. Like it's not a spoiler to say you. This has been revealed in a lot of the the stuff that's been revealed already. But you basically just start off the game in a wheelchair, and you're roll. It's it's kind of funny. You're just rolling down this uh, U-boat in a wheelchair with some machine guns, just shooting some Nazis, and it's just like kind of ridiculous. And you're like, okay. Right off the bat, I know this game is fucking ridiculous. Um, and then there's a very violent uh, cinema that unfolds. And the game kind of hits off and running. And I was like, this is, yeah, this is pretty weird. Um, but the problem is that the first half of the game is really boring. It's really boring. There's not a lot of interesting things happen until you get to Roswell. And again, I'm going to talk about this game without spoilers. So if you're listening, don't worry. I, people, people are so sensitive to spoilers. I felt so bad this week. I posted a picture of the dragon from Mario on one of our posts. And a couple people were, like, really bummed out. They were like, oh, spoilers. I didn't know there was a dragon. Where's your spoiler tag? And I was like, <laughs> it's <That's>, a dragon. <laughs> that, that does not take away anything, knowing that a thing... I, I'm, I'm a, at that point. If spoilers <laughs> ruin something, it's not worth caring about. It's kind of my, my take on it at this point. Well... Like, I, if, <laughs> if it's constructed so poorly that the only joy you can get about it is not knowing about it... Mm-hmm. then it's not worth knowing about ever like really just i yeah I, I'm, I, I yeah i'm with you i've re- i've eased up on that stuff too i mean i still felt bad these are people I, that follow us that i love and i felt bad because i didn't want to ruin their enjoyment anyway and i yeah. didn't mean to i don't like, mean to say that about them but like personally i just yeah i've stopped caring about spoilers if someone's ruined something for me oh well i'm kind of i'm just I don't yeah. I don't have the energy to try to avoid them at this point. It's just it's too much fucking work with the internet. Like just just don't. <laughs> like no, it's not worth the stress you put on yourself yeah. to try to avoid them at this point. It's just it's coming from all angles yeah. no matter where you turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got lucky, I guess, growing up. Like I would always have friends tell me about all they they've beaten the games and they've they're tell, they're talking about all the stuff that's just spoiler. Oh, so just ruined spoilery. The whole game for you. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, and yeah. but that's ex- well, essentially how I got into it because yeah. it sounded exciting. So yeah, then I would day, jump we, in. We didn't even think about it as a spoiler. We think of it yeah, like it was your you're just talking about the game. Yeah, yeah. I, like that, I mean, yep. that's that's why I eventually got a PS One because I had a bunch of friends. We talked games a bunch. We talked talked about Mario. Yeah. Talked about Zelda. Talked about Final Fantasy. And you just talk about the game, whether you're spoiling it or not. It's like just talk about it. And I mean that's eventually what got me into it. Yeah. I knew I knew Eris was gonna die before I got to that point. It didn't make it any worse. 
Like, yeah. it's still... It is, it yeah. is weird, isn't it? How much... Yeah, like, oh, dude, there's the Psycho Manus boss. You gotta see this shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now it's it's a completely different world where everyone... Yeah, it's... You know, I respect everyone's desire to stay, if, but it's it's a, it's a frustrating game if you want to go down that road. And, and mm-hmm. uh, for me, it's just big stuff. Like, major, obvious, big things. If people can generally try not to spoil them, that would be great. <laughs> That's just the way I look at it. But, like, I'm not gonna freak out about little things. Anyway... Tangential. That's an interesting tangent, though, because it did make me think. You're right. When we were kids, we would, there was no such thing as a spoiler. It was just information. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think as a kid, we didn't assume we were eventually going to play everything either. Like, yeah, it was yeah. just kind of a thing. Yep. You may or may not, and it was the playing it that you were more interested in. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least for me. Oh, that's. I. It's. It, spoilers is we could sit down. That'll be a topic of the show one day. Fucking spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> what have they become? <laughs> we'll have to wait for Shay because Shay's yeah. one that oh he's he hates real. spoilers. Oh. So we, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we can't miss out on that. He's my favorite person to spoil. Like I've literally had Shay threaten to end our friendship <laughs> over a spoiler. He's, like he's like, dude, if you say one more fucking thing, I'm never talking to you again. And I'm like, it was it was a joke. It wasn't a real spoiler, man. Just calm down. <laughs> like he doesn't fuck around with that shit. Um, mm-hmm. And sweet zone. Anyways, so but the game picks up around Was- or Roswell. At some point in the game, you do go to Roswell, and um, that's when the second half of the game becomes more interesting from a story perspective. And shit starts happening. The crazy plot twist that everyone's talking about. I didn't have any of those moments where like, I don't know if I'm just like there's something wrong with me. Like I always joke that I always joke that um, fish is dead inside. Um, but <laughs> and, and you know I feel like I'm a fairly reasonable person, but there was nothing. Um, there was nothing in the game that I saw that made me like put my controller down and walk away and just be like, holy shit. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, is there something wrong with me? Because I didn't feel it. There was some pretty crazy shit that happened. Some of it was just absurd. Some of it was funny. But like none of it was like, oh my God, this is so heavy. And I don't know why that is. It, 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 maybe it's the mm. execution of the storytelling, which wasn't bad. But maybe it's because the game jumps sort of this weird black comedy line. Like one second it's uh, freakishly absurd and comedic, and the next second really dark and fucked up. And because it's doing that, um, it's not treading a ominous tone. Like if you think about something like an Inside, where there's moments in that because the tone of Inside is so dark, right, and so foreboding. And you get to those moments and you're like, holy shit! Uh, but this game kind of jumps around between that weird black comedy thing, and I couldn't like nothing mm-hmm. really. Hit, maybe that's why it, it didn't really. Um, you don't know what to expect going into it because the tone changes a bunch? It's it be, maybe because I'm like laughing one second or like they're not taking things seriously yeah. one second and then doing really crazy shit the next. I'm just like, it's yeah. all one. I don't know. It's like, there, it's like a black comedy, you know? That's a hard thing to balance because, I mean, that's basically all MASH was. And I love that show. Like, it's yeah. you're joking, you're joking. Okay, like completely serious all of a sudden. And that can work, but it can also come across as ridiculous if it's not done well mm-hmm. um so yeah i, I don't know I, I guess it probably depends on yeah yeah i mean probably, it's, probably some personal preference there too it'd be a fun thing to talk about with you guys because i would like to see where you guys stand on that stuff like i realized about myself that i like the extremes okay first of all i love games that are going to do weird shit i'm never going to be someone generally that's going to be like this is offensive blah, blah blah my girlfriend always makes fun of me she's like you, you're a privileged white male of course you're never offended by everything and, and I'm just like, well, you're probably right. But, um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other but than all those I, small dick jokes, <laughs> nothing really gets to you. No, no. And, you know, those don't either, because, you know, you have to embrace the truth. <laughs> you must embrace your, the truth. Um, yeah. 
But so, I don't know if embrace is the right word. Mm. I mean, pinch maybe. Mm. Oh. Mm. <laughs> 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 um, okay. <laughs> Let me recover from my short circuit there. I um. So so yeah. So it's. Whenever I, I, what I was trying to say was I, I find myself on the spectrums a lot. Like the batshit crazy of Metal Gear Solid, I'm okay with, and the vagueness of like inside and stuff, I'm okay with. I like, but like the middle stuff, I'm generally not as interested by, like where someone's not willing to take those risks. This is more closer to the batshit of crazy of mm. Kojima. Uh, probably in some ways past it. I want to say, weirdly enough, that in a way, Kojima's probably more earnest in what they're doing. Um, but because this one's jumping back and forth in that weird black comedy line, but there's some shit in this game that is like without giving stuff away. There's they're dealing with like there's like some dark, almost black comedy about like rape and stuff like that in here. There's some terrible shit. There's um, there's t- stuff I would love to tell you guys, but I know that our listeners might get upset. So I'm afraid so maybe at the end of the year we have best moment or whatever. If something comes up, I can you know all spoilers are off at that point. And yeah, we'll have to have like an end of the year spoiler thing like talk about all the stuff that oh yeah, always, like you said yeah. favorite favorite moments that we just couldn't bring up before so yeah there's mm-hmm. one just hilarious moment in particular that i just so excited to tell you guys about it involves a pregnant woman that you would never expect um and just to show you how weird the game is the characters this is not a spoiler i think it's just a, just an observation there's one scene where this lady grace um she's like an african-american woman with a large afro and she's having a conversation with you while she's breastfeeding her baby, and she's smoking. She's smoking a cigarette while she's bre- her cigarette's one or two inches from her fucking baby's face. Like, that's just the kind of game it is. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> and that's like a very small, like just subtle, like something you'd pick up while people are talking, kind of a thing. So, um, it's it's weird, and I appreciate that. I, I like weird. In fact, I'd say I was so curious to see what weird shit was gonna happen. That I stuck with the game, in, in, despite the fact that I did not like the gameplay at all. On a scale mm. of one to ten, it was like a two, um, and it tricks you because it's like you start playing it, it feels almost like Doom. It's the it's the Doom engine, uh, the the it Doom engine. So it has that slick sort of feel to it. It's not quite as fast as Doom. That's what it feels like. But it is like the most archaic shooter you will ever play. You pick up health mm. packs like it's 1992. Um, you pick up armor like it's 1992. You you know you're you basically just point and shoot at things. Uh, it's just not super strategic. Um, the levels are really confusing at times. Like I've had objectives where the game would tell me like, oh, just make your way to this person. And the arrow is telling me to go to a spot, right? And I'm standing there for like 20 minutes like, what's going on? And I'm running around the level like, I don't get it. And then I found out there's one enemy wandering a hallway that I didn't kill. And as soon as I uh, kill him, remember that kind of shit, that game design shit that drives yeah, you crazy? Yeah, the, Whoa. Uh, the ridiculous triggers uh. that just don't make sense yeah they don't? I've, I've had a couple of those in games recently where like you're at the spot you ought to be no you ought to be but somehow missed something along the way and have to go back and search for it yeah it, and, and it's frustrating it's because that fun. game well and the game's inconsistent too there's some parts i'm not even kidding you there's this one part you have to take um again very not a spoiler very minor information you're taking a nuclear missile and putting it inside of a machine of sorts that's about the best we'll say and the, the shit is, goes crazy right before you get to that part, and you can just run through all the enemies, run up to the objective marker, and and start it. So, like, there was, like, 30 or 40 Nazis shooting me, right? I just ran up to the objective point, pressed the button to, to where it said exit level, boom. Mm-hmm. It triggered the cutscene. In the cutscene, my character's sitting there calmly, putting the nuke into the thing. No one's shooting him. And I'm just like, 
this is absurd because it's like a video game. You know what I mean? Like, this is not what was happening, um, which is fine. It's just that the game is really inconsistent. I, I got stuck a lot of times where I shouldn't have been, like irritating, like just the game is bad at telling you where to go on top of being really generic. And I hated it. I, I honestly, it felt like work. Playing the game felt like homework. And I only did it because I love this podcast and I wanted to see what was going to happen in the story. That was it. Mm. Did not enjoy it. Now, again, that's coming from someone who's kind of burnt out on first-person shooters. And to each their own, I respect everyone's opinion. I will say this. The music, music was really was actually really good. Um, it was uh, Mick Gordon who did the Goom soundtrack. Uh, Goom. He did the Goom soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mick Gordon did the uh, Doom soundtrack, which was our soundtrack of the year last year for the Chompcast. Um, and i noticed right when i put the game in that the music was incredible there's a nice tone to the game i would say like just sort of like a a weird eeriness with the music that it provides um that i i think does work but it's just i did not enjoy playing it so after the first couple levels i just knocked the difficulty down and i just ran through it as fast as i possibly could um so i i don't know what to do because i don't feel like you should just youtube it i don't feel like that would be the same but I personally just hated playing the damn thing. I did not enjoy it at all. Like, mm-hmm. at all. Um, but, you know, there, like I said, there's those, those small moments. And the, the story does have some interesting things that would be really fun to talk with you guys um, about. And I don't see anything else um, really in my, in my notes that I really wanted to um, delve into. But, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I'm glad I, I'm glad I went through it. It's... And I was joking with you guys that I spoiled Mario, but that's a nice segue to talk some more Mario Odyssey with you guys. Um, because I know, Josh, you've still been kind of trudging through post-game Mario. Yeah, still working my way through that. I think I'm at about 400 stars now, or 400 moons. Um, so almost halfway there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's there's so much to do after the game finishes mm-hmm. and and it's good too like the game gets better in some ways um mm. just because you, you've got a whole lot harder challenges like if you really want that you, you get you get in some really cool stuff yeah yeah it's fun i mean i i will say i wanted to um i wanted to point this out i'm gonna grab the listener's name here in a second because one of our listeners recommended my the the assist mode for my daughter um and that mode is actually really cool uh, if you have a kid that wants to play the game, it's basically, it gives you six hearts instead of three, and it tells you constantly where the moons are and where the bosses are and stuff. So my daughter is, she can read an arrow. It's just a blue arrow over Mario's head that tells him where to go constantly. And mm-hmm. she went from like, she played the first two worlds okay, and then she got really frustrated. And I was kind of bummed out. I was like, man, kind of bought this for our family as well. And my daughter's not having a great time. But as soon as I put that assist mode on, man, she's been flying like she's toward the end of the game now and it gets a lot harder so that's different but yeah it's it's really cool it gives you it gives you six hearts it tells you where to go in fact like if you're just trying to find all the the moons it just tells you where they are so it's kind of helpful and that kind of sucks the fun out of it if you're obviously into the yeah hey yep that's probably great depending on the age of the kid because i mean that's that sounds great for someone that age i mean my daughter is also a big mario fan but she's almost 10 now um so yeah, she. I think she got all the stars in the last Mario and New Super Mario, whatever that Damn. was. But like, yeah, uh, the she's Wii one? The super Wii one? into it. Yeah, one of the Wii U ones. Oh yeah, and my um, daughter loved that one too. Yeah, just played the crap out of it. She got farther in that game than I did. Um, <laughs> so 
Yeah. It's a proud, proud father moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the way, that listener is Mr. Jazz Jay. I don't even know some of these people by their screen name, so I apologize. Mr. Jazz Jay, um, thank you. Thank you for that, that tip on the... Because I totally forgot about the assist mode. Yeah, I'm still enjoying it, too. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. I mean, basically, the post game is just go back to the worlds, and so much has changed in the worlds, and mm-hmm. in drastic ways, um, it's really fun to go back and explore them again, and, and kind of find all the moons and every nook and cranny, and that incredible game design. Um, I think one reason why maybe I'm not as blown away as everyone else with this game is because I all the Mario games have been pretty great, and I've played them all. So, like, even... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even though this is a nice mm-hmm. expansion of that, um, I've played, like, just this world, I, the, uh, just this world, just this year I played Super Mario 3D World with my daughter. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Last year I did Super Mario 3D Land, uh, of course, Super Mario Run, that doesn't really count. I went back and played a lot of Super Mario Sunshine last year, like, for nostalgia mm-hmm. purposes. Like, I've played yeah. a lot of great Mario, like, they've all been pretty great. So, like, I don't feel like it's, it's a nice evolution of that, and it's an incredible game, but maybe it's not hitting me as hard because they've all been really good. Yeah, and I've played I, them all. I think a, a lot of it depends on your take on the 3D games, the 3D World, 3D Land. Mm-hmm. I've never liked them. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think... Too linear? Well, a little too linear. They've also all been 3D games that mm-hmm. you need to hold a run button for. Like, don't do that. They finally went back to the whole... Yeah. Running is running, and you use the stick to determine how fast you want to go. Mm-hmm. It feels better. It feels a whole lot better than just holding down B the entire time you play a game because you're never not going to hit that button. Yeah. So it's like just little things, little things. They finally they finally fixed a ton of the problems I've had with the last several games. Mm-hmm. Um, they got rid of lives. I w- like the last time we talked about Mario, I was specifically yeah. complaining about lives. They've gotten rid of them. It's yeah. because it, it made no sense. It made no sense for them to even have that system in there. It, like it's they, they've done nothing since the 2D Mario's. Yeah. It's just they just happen to still be there. Well, it's because the one um, up was a staple with uh, well, the one up was a yeah. Mario thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I can see why they didn't want to get rid of it, but well, now it's gone. I can't. Games, gameplay wise, yeah. it didn't need to be there, and oh. like they they finally fixed so many problems I've had with the series in those last few games that. Obviously, you didn't really care about as much as I did, so this one's not as huge of an improvement. Mm-hmm. Whereas, it it really did. It fixed so many issues I had with it that well, I'm I'm loving it. I'm just I'm loving it because of the because I, of those changes. And so. I would agree with you. I wouldn't. They didn't, they didn't bother me that much, but I agree with you. Like they didn't feel like they had that it factor. Like so a little cruise controly for Nintendo. But even then, mm-hmm. there were so many brilliant little moments in those games, even at their oh, worst. Yeah. That. I guess I'm I'm a little it's gonna sound fucked up. I'm a little numb to the brilliance of Mario because I've been experiencing it for so long. Um, yeah. But I do like yeah, you know, like you said, the open world format of Mario definitely feels the best. It just feels right. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. The jumping in this game too, like the difference between the the amount of difference between being able to control Mario all right and great uh-huh. is huge. Yeah, like you can do some crazy crazy platforming once you get down all the different things that mario can do in this one it is it is amazing it feels so good no it's a great point yeah i i did i had i put this on the instagram just for fun um i was just telling people i was complaining about the art direction again because you know that's how i feel about it and uh so my thought was just basically yeah mario's it's an incredible game but i still feel weird about 
a lot of the strange things with the art direction, whether it's the low-poly food, the real-looking humans of New Donk City bouncing on taxi cabs, the fucking T-Rex. And and I was just joking that, like, the art direction just kind of makes me feel weird. Um, So I put that on Instagram, and I did get one good, really good comment that I wanted to read. And it says, this is from our friend Sector 7 Item Shop. She says, allegedly, the reasoning behind the realistic art aspects is that it gave players a better measurement of Mario and his abilities, how high he can jump, how big he really is, Mm -hmm. etc. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. There's actually a huge debate on some forums in which people talk about this whole thing. Initially, it's an idea or an attempt to keep Mario new or even relevant. I think for a lot of users, it's very off-putting because it takes away the Mario magic, which dials all the way back to the central point we as gamers talk about all the time, nostalgia. So you either love it or hate it. Looking at it in the pictures, I'm not a fan, but maybe the magic of Mario will help ease and distract from the um, from that during the gameplay. Fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, I don't. it doesn't like ruin the gameplay for me by any means, but it is, for me personally, it was just weird. Like, I'm just a big fan. Like, when I'm looking at um, video games in general, I just love to admire art directions and, like, having a very cohesive world and... A, you know, a lot of little things like the bunnies like why like you're fighting all these bunnies this time instead of like the what were they like bowser's little like the koopa troop what were they what would you call them? like bowser's the, little oh these they've got a name i can't remember what their names are i don't i don't have space either ba- the turtles bowser's kids the, yeah bowser's kid all the evil turtles it's no the... it's not it's it's his kids all the like the koopa um, family bowser jr and all the rest of them yes. like he's got a there are a bunch of kids. I can't remember. Their, there's, there's a collective name for them, though, and I can't remember what that is. Yeah. I'll, I'll Offhand. Go, I'll Google this. It's going to bother me. But, like, mm-hmm. little things like that, even though, yeah, I applaud them for trying to step away from that, but it's kind of weird. Mario fights, like, bunnies the whole game. That's not a spoiler, but you just fight bunnies, and it's weird. Like, even my daughter looked at me, and she's like, why is Mario fighting bunnies, Daddy? This is strange. And I'm like, yeah, it is fucking strange. Why is he fighting mm-hmm. bunnies? Um, So there's just little things like that that I'm... I don't know. It's it's it is what it is, but it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I thought that was a really cool comment. Um, yeah. Well, I mean that works. I kind of feel like they could have gone farther with that. Like they had that low poly food one, but it would have been neat to have I don't know, like a other than the 2D parts, like something more pixelated that some something that looked like it was, I don't know, like PS1 or N64 era type. Yeah, maybe. Thing. Something, like, oh, something like, like really that. nostalgic. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they have... Because um, the low poly with those graphics just kind of looks cheap. Yeah, no, they, they <laughs> fixed it. It looks really good. Uh, no, they did uh, it really well, but... Low I think poly. I think they could have had more variety as far as the completely different art styles, because those are basically two levels. Like, the, the New Donk City that's more or less realistic, and uh-huh. then that other one. And then there's still a ton of other more or less just Mario-style levels. And I kind of feel like they could have gone and and done more completely different art styles, and it would have made those two Not feel better. so... Like Not a, like they're, yeah, yeah. they don't, don't stand out as much yeah, as yeah, far yeah, as... Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah. if they were all fucking weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, cause like 80% of the worlds look like they're part... That's a good point, Josh, because most of the worlds look like they're from the same game. And then there's, like, mm-hmm. two or three worlds that look like they're from a different Mario game. So it's just, like, they feel out of place. It's not that they're bad. Mm-hmm. They just feel out of place in, like, the cohesive nature of the game. Yeah. Um, by the way, I looked it up. They're called the Koopalings. There you go. Koopalings. There we go. The Koopalings. 
and they're the best, and they should have fucking been in there, goddammit. Um, <laughs> especially the one, there's like this one boss, it's like a big bunny lady, like a grandma or something, and she's got a big chomp chain, and it's like a dog that she's walking around, and you have to possess the chain that she's holding, grab it, and sling it back into her face. That one would have been so menacing if it was this giant fucking Koopaling walking around, like this evil turtle fucker, and he's got this fucking chomp chain. I was like, that would have been badass, but it's like this grandma, and she's like, Rah! I don't know. Just saying. Mm. Nintendo. I could, you know, they need advisors like me to help. So. Yeah. Medea goes to the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> uh, Maybe in, uh, in a sequel, I guess, on Mario Odyssey 2, they'll go back to that traditional Bowser and the Koopalings. I'm curious if they're going to go to the Odyssey 2 well again, like they did with Galaxy 2, or if they're going to say, wow, this was an incredible game for us. Let's do something else. You know, what do you think? I don't know. I kind of, I don't think they've said anything one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I would love to have like two or three bonus worlds as like DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get out of your system. Yeah. Just, yeah. Have a little bit more in like a year or so and then see something completely new. New. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I loved galaxy and galaxy two because they, the, the whole, being able to walk completely around a planet mechanic was so unique that they there was there was there was enough left of an idea there to get a completely new game out of it um mm. and i mean as far as the way the gameplay works in this one they've they've got that but i don't know i don't know cuz i mean the things you possess are kind of the big verb mechanics mm-hmm. of the game in a lot of ways um, that really change up the way you play. Yeah, um, that's the hook. Using that hat, yeah. And because of that, I don't know, I feel like you could basically do the same formula more or less, and as long as you change the things you're capturing, changing the way you can play it, it could keep going for a while, just depending on, you know, I'm curious. what else they invent for you to, to do with that. It might be six or seven down, years down the road when people are yelling that the next another Mario game is a masterpiece again, as we talked about last week. Um, hmm. But I remember th- saying after I played Galaxy 2 on our old podcast, I was like, I don't know what Nintendo's going to do from here. I mean, they've literally, Mario's jumping from planet to planet, and these games are incredible. Like, what else can Nintendo fucking do? They can't go any higher yeah. from here. And then Nintendo basically said, well, we can go back to the yeah. six. You know, we can make we can make Mario game, but you can be anything you want. You can be a fork. You can be a dinosaur. Like they found a way to like foil me once again. Like, ah, oh, what are they gonna do next? Oh, that's fucking brilliant, yeah. right? But there's only so many brilliant ways they can reinvent Mario, man. They're gonna run they kinda run out of juice eventually, but I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see. I mean they've managed it for what, thirty years now, so Yeah. It, eventually it's there's gonna be gotta be some juice left. Eventually it'll be loot. And they're moving that way now where you buy oh. you, <laughs> you buy shit with your coins. Eventually it's going to be like, Fish is like, oh, I got to go beat that octopus yeah. boss so I can get that epic Mario hat. You know, it's going to be something mm-hmm. like that. Well, there's a bit of that in there now. I'm currently trying to save up my 10,000 coins so I can get the outfit I want, which is <laughs> oh. ridiculous. So Is that the skeleton thing? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Just I don't think because. it's a spoiler. That's in the, sh- that's in the shop right away, so. Is it? I hope it is. Oh well. Uh, I so- think it shows up later on, but it's not like it. 
I can't, I can't live my life. I'm sorry, listeners. It's I'm... an outfit. No, it's, there's no... Gotcha. You can't spoil the way Mario dresses. Well, you know, people... Other, well, one. One I'm not going <laughs> to mention because it's, so, it's such a nice surprise, but yes. Yeah, like Our listeners, I love you, but I'm sorry. I can't dance around spoilers my whole mm-hmm. life. I can't live that way. Um, anyways, yeah, it's still a great game, uh, but Mario does need to catch up on the music front. All the other platformers are kicking in the ass in the music. Um, you know, music in Mario used to be classic. Used to like, I used to have that shit ingrained in my head for days, and and the mm. music now just it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, I mean that's where I felt like you eventually find some of the old themes, like mm-hmm. the N sixty four themes that have been redone in this one uh, from Mario sixty four, and those are still so good mm-hmm. that they stand out. Like, yeah. none of the rest of the music... I mean, none of it was bad. No, no. But none of it stood out until I got back to those classics, and I was like, that's just awesome. It's so good when you get back to these e- just remixes of, even, you know, 20-year-old songs. That's so. a great point. And even when I was in a world that didn't have distinctive music, when I would go to the 2D sections, and you would hear, like, the, the 8-bit version of those songs, it sounded instantly more interesting because it had an aesthetic, right? It was a... It's mm-hmm. a you know, that's kind of a played-out aesthetic, but it was... It had you could hear the melody stronger, and then when you leave those sections, it was like back to the sort yeah. of generic swirling orchestral. Like Mario, I'm not, I don't really know how I feel about Mario having orchestral music. Eh, just it's it's, it's, it's just, fine in sections. I don't think you need it everywhere. It's fine, like, but I'm gonna be jumping around for a hundred hours. I want some great fucking music. All right, that's all I'm saying. Nintendo, get your shit together. <laughs> go go find those Donkey Kong Country composers that you fucking shit on, Nintendo. Give me one great Donkey Kong Country game every 20 fucking years. Why don't you go hire some of them to write your music? Because that music's fucking fantastic. Even Ukulele. Ukulele had better fucking music. You know music. what? That would, be, that would be a great game to release on the Switch. The uh, Tropical Freeze or whatever it was. The, the last the, one. The, the one that was Donkey really Kong? good that no one played because it was on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, Sad. That, I think that would, be, that would sell, I'm sure, really well because so many people... Maybe have not had a chance to play a good Donkey Kong game. Maybe we'll finally get a really good 3D Donkey Kong on the Switch. That's we haven't had one of those in forever. Ooh, yeah, and, I hadn't even thought about a 3D Donkey Kong. Wasn't even. Yeah, that you, would be neat. I, it's been forever. It has, and if if you have the right people behind it, it could be interesting. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh, pretty pretty good stuff. Um, bio break here real quickly before we get to the back end of the show. So this is a this is a funny article I found. Shay Shay isn't here. He's our resident biologist. He has a degree in uh, biology, and we love to you know talk about science articles on the show with him. So fish today, you're gonna pretend to be Shay. Okay, I need you to just pretend like you have a degree in biology, and I want you to just act like you know everything I'm talking about. Okay, just. I mean, you've been you've been faking shit your whole life. You'll be fine. Um, That's true. You know, first thing comes to your head. So this is again Science Daily's where I usually grab these just because I'm uh, it's my go to place. But this is I thought of this one, Josh. I think you'll like this. Um, I wanted to keep it a surprise for you. So it's uh, a a giant prehistoric otter. Uh, That's what that's what this article is about. Um, The tagline is the extinct otter had an unexpectedly sturdy jaw suggesting that the animal may have been a top predator. We're talking about a massive wolf-sized otter that lived about 6 million years ago and may have been a dominant predator in its time. 
And this thing was about, I think, 110 hmm. pounds. And it's, it's crazy, right? 110 pounds. They have, if you go to sciencedaily.com, you can see um, the, a lot of pictures in the article where they demonstrate like the jaw size and the strength of it, et cetera. Um, it was actually located in Southwest China. That's where it originated. Um, but we're talking, it's the size of a wolf. And it was 110 pounds and it was a fucking otter. So that is kind of a creepy sight. And this, I thought this was a funny article, Fish. Uh, because it reminded me a lot of the frog article we did a couple weeks back where it's like, it's hard to imagine a frog that's terrifying. Um, but this animal sounds pretty terrifying. So, um, Fish, you're a resident, our resident expert here. How, how did you feel about this article when you read it? Uh, well, you know, I love otters. So, uh, I mean, I just, I just, I was so interested at, at that point that I, I just continued to read on. Um, but I, I was, I'm, the thing is, is like they only took the cra- cranium. Uh, they only had the actual skull of it. They didn't actually have the lower jaw of it, but they they had to go down the list of all the different species of um, otters that they did have, and mm-hmm. they tested their jaw strengths, and they by you know their cranium size and by the size of this uh, prehistoric otter, they determined its jaw. Uh, strength and they found that it with its cranium size that big it could actually uh, had a much more powerful bite um, compared to all the other species of otters that were known at that time Um, but they didn't actually have the jaw so it it is kind of like a scientific uh, uh, hypothesis of how strong it's how strong its jaw is but um, that's still pretty cool the Think about, you know, aquatic mammal that was able to, you know, uh, they they said that it could actually crush the bones of like small rodents and stuff like that, which is um, much like a wolf, you know, like a canine would do. But I, mm. it, 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 that is very interesting that they, they could pull all that information. And um, it seems like they actually did a lot of work because it, out of like the 13 species of otters that they that are known today they actually went out and uh i think they took about 10 of them and mm-hmm. put it up against the cranium that they actually found of that prehistoric one yeah wow great job fish you were prepared <laughs> yeah thank wow. you thank I'm you impressed i'm impressed you're yeah. more prepared you're more prepared than shane normally is he normally spends all of his time on tinder anyway so it, mm. it's probably why he doesn't really come in as prepared as we'd like mm. him to be i mean he's trying to um. research for it it just uh yeah he's not had the luck he's expected you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's it's tough it's tough i understand yeah. um uh but no <laughs> yeah it's it's it, it's it was a cool article when i saw it i couldn't help laughing because we had this inner joke for people that don't know we shed a light on it, Fish. Why the fuck do you like otters so much? I don't understand. Like, can you refresh my brain? I don't know. They're just so fucking no, no, no. cute. And, uh, okay, so they got the cuteness factor going on. Okay. And, like, they swim in the sea. I mean, they, they just float on the water and they crack uh-huh. the, they dive down, they crack the little clams over their bellies with a piece <laughs> of rock. I mean, they're so fucking cute. And yet, you know, they're like they're just swimming in the sea. Like there's so many predators that can eat them. They're just tiny yeah, little rodent, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otter don't give I mean, a fuck. It they does know. it. It looks like they're just happy as fuck. They're like, oh. 
any second now, a great white shark could just swim up and swallow me whole. But oh, well. <laughs> I'm enjoying this clam right now. That's, that's how we all live life, really, metaphorically. At any moment, you know, a great white shark could come up and bite me in half, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that they're, you know, a mammal that's just floating on water. I mean, there's not that many mammals of the sea, um, much less one that's not really adept to, you know, well, of course, they're adept to sea life, but like the sea otter is, mm-hmm. uh, it just has so many features of like a rodent that you just don't expect them to kind of live out there. It's like a weird mismatch. That's cool. Do you have a thing for beavers too? No, I don't. Okay. Wow. So they're what's very the difference Yeah, what's the difference between a beaver and an otter to you? Uh, when I think of a beaver, or like I think of the like dopey. a. Oh, Are they the yeah. dopey otter? <laughs> They're kind of like the Bidoof, I guess. <laughs> the Bidoof to the Oshawa. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, got you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah they, they, they're more like a grumpy old man just trying to chop down a tree and build his little fort mm-hmm. out in the river and, yeah. you know, create a dam and mm-hmm. fuck over all the other wildlife downstream. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the beavers are more of a cranky old bachelor of the, of, you know, <laughs> compared to the otter there. Yeah, nope. fish has never fish has never been a fan of the beaver. So yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh... <laughs> okay, I see what you did. <laughs> God, that was so so mm. wonderfully childish. Um, no, but yeah, it's uh, I love finding about for me personally, like it's cool to see a lot of those prehistoric creatures because the scale. Most interesting thing to now is that a lot of the creatures that we are surrounded with today, just the scale of them six million years ago and such is it's interesting to me the fact that there was a giant frog and a giant otter just i mean yeah it would have been scary as fuck but just being able to walk around the world at that time would have been so fascinating and interesting Um, yeah it makes you wonder what was going on back then that allowed all these creatures to grow so big and yet nowadays we we can't i mean we still have some big creatures out there but like an elephant or the the blue whale, like those things. We ate all the big ones. (laughs) I guess so. Oh, no, that's sad. I guess they just feel like they got to get smaller to hide away from us or something. Yeah, we just, (laughs) it's, uh, you know, it's the evolutionary trait. And also, you know, maybe eventually we'll come across an article about a giant dopey beaver. And uh, maybe that'll be an article down the road. uh, (laughs) Yeah. But for now, it is it was a pretty cool story. If anyone wants to check it out, sciencedaily.com. And um, it, the headline was just a giant prehistoric otter, surprisingly powerful bite. Cool story. Uh, moving on from the bio break, uh, I want to talk a little cuphead with the fish in the back section of this show. Um, because you did spend a little more time with cuphead. You beat the, I've been giving you shit for weeks on the podcast. You beat the robot. It's been vexing you. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. He, surprisingly, he wasn't that tough as I had made him out to be. Like, I don't know. I guess the first time I came across him was he, he, it was like late into like my night that night of going mm-hmm. through Cuphead and I already downed like two or three bosses and fatigue. Uh, you get Cuphead yeah. fatigue. 
Yeah. yeah, definitely had some fatigue going on once I approached him um, and I gave up. And then the yeah. second time, I think I didn't put as much time into it and was just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to give up now. And yeah, but this time, yeah, I actually sat down. I was like, you know what? I'm tired of fucking Morgan giving me shit about this fucking robot. This robot's going down. Mm-hmm. Um, so um yeah i eventually beat him um i was watching you if you were streaming it for me it still took you like an hour after an hour i got bored and i went to sleep or something <laughs> i was like fuck Bastard. this i was like yeah <laughs> this is taking too long but i knew you were gonna probably do it eventually but you got to king dice that's the boss yeah. one so this is oh, very yeah. mild spoilers we're gonna talk a little bit about king dice if you if you, for some reason you are gonna play cuphead and you don't want it to hear us talk about this boss i'm sorry we're gonna talk about it a little bit because it, it is the second to last boss in the game. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to set it up a little bit. Okay, Fish? And then we'll take the floor okay. for us. Because this boss is super fascinating in the scheme of all bosses in video games. So you get to... King Dice is like the devil's henchman, basically. And when you get to his casino, it's a weird boss fight. Because it looks like a like a dice board, right? Where you would roll... What are those boards called? Like I remember, craps. Craps. It looks like a craps. Yeah. Yep. And... You use the parrying attack that you use in the game to normally parry to click on the dice, and you basically are rolling a dice. It goes from one to three, and depending on where that dice lands, you will fight one of nine bosses. And literally, they're a bunch of mini-bosses, which is fascinating because the whole game is composed of these um, incredible boss fights, and they chopped them into these like tiny little fights that are challenging. But the idea is that you roll, and you have no idea what boss fight you're going to land on. There's weird things on the, on the craft board you can land on, like start over which is terrifying um when you get to the end the first time i i'm not even kidding the first time i I played it i got all the way to the end and rolled start over and i just kind of dropped the controller and looked at my girlfriend what the (laughs) fuck is happening why would any fucking sick person design this you know um and there's cool things on there like certain bosses if you land on them will give you an extra health when you fight them which you know if you do the boss really well you can kind of gain some health and then at the very end you get to King Dice. So you fight several bosses in a row, depending on how you roll, and then you fight King Dice himself. It's this big, long, incredibly epic boss fight. It is so unique. Um, yeah, Fish. I mean, I just wanted to set it up because it's so cool, but it's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like It feels like uh, a, a bo- a end-game boss fight, which is great. Like, Yeah. I mean, with a game that's just all about its boss fights with some running gun um, shooters in between those. But um, for the most part, like you you get the feel of every boss in the game and the fact that they it's almost like a grand finale where they throw all these little mini bosses at you. Granted, they only have one phase, but they're they're still entertaining as like any other of the bosses, which is great like they just throw nine bosses right at you like uh, some of them like are more frustrating than others and like yeah some of them are like the just like the characteristic of the boss just looks so great and like stuck out to me um more so than others um but yeah like i sat down and i i literally played that i couldn't beat it but i ended up like i, I must have spent like three hours just trying and but i was having so much fun doing it because like it's kind of the beauty of this game like you just you're you're torturing yourself in a way but it just the game plays so good and like you can feel that progression every time you uh boot it or every time you you know 
you lose mm-hmm. lose all your health and you start back over, you feel like you've made a little bit more progress. You're as getting far as better. You, yeah. Yeah. You feel your skill to just just uh, slowly climb up until eventually, like you can do. So I got to that point and like I was doing these bosses and I was like, man, this is so great. And like eventually I was getting to uh, King Dice, uh, but I think I got up to him like three times in the three hours that I got um, just because like the random floor with you as soon as you got to him. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) And and what sucks is like the third time I was prepared. I was like, I know what I got to do, but like. Uh, I yeah. accidentally used my super and shot it the opposite direction, not no. towards him. And I was just like, God <laughs> damn it. Oh, and, oh. uh, I'm so curious if he has like a second form or not, but I, I doubt it's it at that one. point. Yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. it's the last one. It's just the one, but it's super exacting. Like the the jumps you have to do to avoid Oof. taking damage there are precise. Like pretty much the most precise thing you have to do in the game the most in order precise to avoid parry. taking Oh, yes, man. it is. Yeah. Yeah, very exacting. Otherwise, you are taking damage during that phase. So. Yeah, and there there is, like, one boss in that King Dice uh, gauntlet where uh, I think it's a roulette table ballerina lady mm-hmm. uh, where she, she was kind of vexing me for uh, every time I would land on seven, I'd be like, God damn it, I have to go up against the ballerina <laughs> bit. And, but eventually, like, I realized what I had to do was I just had to parry from one poker chip to the next poker chip right over her. And it felt so good. And, and sometimes she would change it up where she would have a delay attack, which was enough time for that poker chip that you're standing on to go back to parry mode, which drops you and then leaves you scrambling to jump back on them. Um, but, uh, like, yeah, parrying in this game, like, just feels so good whenever you're you're pairing perfectly and yeah usually yeah yeah it yeah. does yeah especially like it, the jump mechanics the, as far well, as all the little bosses are so cool me and fisher like i the cigar was like my favorite mm-hmm. one i think we we're talking <laughs> he's, about... also, he's also the easiest which yeah probably... that's the exact yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always try a roll of three right off the bat yeah. like i need that cigar like, <laughs> I, yeah. for me it was um cigar dominoes and then the eight ball those were the easiest mm-hmm. ones um, that, and the domino was the only mi- the, none of the middle ones were easy and like uh, yeah. everyone probably has a different flow with different bosses yeah um, yeah I, yeah, like, I, got, I like the I magic rabbit just... in that second I see when it would yeah when it would surround you in the middle with the attack I would it would always fuck with me and I couldn't get sometimes you can't get out of it um, oh yeah I, I found out that all you have to do is just um, uh, what is it? You can just teleport oh. out of it. Yeah, blink, blink, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, but I wasn't using there. blink because blink ah. makes the parry. Blink makes the last phase against King Dice harder because you you're blinking. You, you can't see where you're going, and if you're not yeah. good at tracking where it's going to put you, it does make it harder. But a yeah. little harder, yeah. yeah. That might be my problem then. Yeah, yeah. if you're well, I'd recommend it makes that, uh, it makes that par- last phase slightly harder because instead of you're teleporting you're teleporting a fixed distance if you get used mm-hmm. to where that is it's just as easy but you have to know exactly where it's sending you yeah and um, you also have movement within that uh mm-hmm. invulnerability or that whenever you're actually invisible and yes. you can't see that character yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it does make it difficult as far as exacting where your character is going to be at and it's such a spectacle like the fact that they designed these little bosses 
for these short little 30 second to a minute fights yeah. is crazy. Like, and you might, you could literally beat that boss without even seeing half of the bosses in there. You could just never see them depending yep. on what you land on. And that's just the, the meticulous time and effort they put into designing it. It's so fucking insane. Um, it's just crazy. But yeah, good luck, Fish. Cause that, see, you, Fish is a good perspective, right? He, he spent like three hours on it and he's just, listen to him. He's like, it was great. I had a great time. Like, <laughs> that was me on the, that was me on night one. The second night, I couldn't beat King Dice. I started to get angry. I remember I spent like three hours in the afternoon trying to beat it and I got really mad. And then, like, I was taking a walk outside of my house and I was like so fucking heated. I, I was messaging guys about how angry I was. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came to me. I, I don't, I don't want to tell you because you have to form your own plan. But I devised this brilliant strategy in my head. And I got so good at pairing that I could control which spot I landed on. It hurts your eyes, though, because you're sitting there staring at the dice like, Ugh! and I feel like a psychopath yeah. just like exactly timing my. Yeah. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to do that. To, but eventually, like, I was just like, you know what? I'm the, getting uh, pretty good with all these bosses. Yeah. Just as a as a trick there, you it is random which one it's going to go to next. So you can't really plan it out. But if you just jump and right whenever you are about to parry, decide whether or not you're going to, that's probably the best way to get the yes. number you really want. So oh, just yeah. keep jumping, yeah. and then when you're mm-hmm. dead on the one you want, then parry. Well, that's, that, that I, will I, help I, you out. So. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. The, um, and, and if you get, uh, like, whenever I would start the board, I would look at the hell. Yeah, anyways, I don't want to get too into the fine tune. Like we're we're getting really into like intricate game design shit, which is maybe for a later podcast. Um, um, because I don't want to bore people if they never played Cuphead, but it's fucking incredible. It's really cool. Oh yeah. Um, it's just there's it's so unique. In yeah. fact, it's so good it makes the devil feel a little bit like a letdown. Because yeah, <laughs> I know King Dice is just an amazing, amazing boss. That's that's one of my favorites in years. It is so it is so good. Yeah, yeah, I I feel you. I mean, the the last boss fighting the devil. He's not a bad boss, but right after yeah. fighting King Dice, it's just not the same. So. In fact, there's an option. The first time I did it, I was so beat down by Cuphead that there's an option you get with the last boss. You can kind of choose your fate, and I won't ruin it, but it made me laugh because it's pretty dumb and very simple. But um, it's Cuphead's great. Ooh. Yeah, if you're. <laughs> if you want to take the easy way out <laughs> um fish actually i want to put him on the spot here fix fish fix fish does an excellent rendition of the cuphead music um he's been sending me a lot of voice messages this week um <laughs> i just was hoping that fish could regale us with the uh, song he's been singing this week but uh, take it away fish uh i sung this after it, it's pretty much the title screens uh, uh lyrics which is so fucking good like <laughs> it's fun just it i, I mean it t- it's telling of like what the whole game's about but i already forgot the lyrics so i'm sorry oh god <laughs> you know the lyrics you lying <laughs> son of a bitch i'll find that voice uh, message i'll find it oh uh, yeah maybe josh I'll, can edit it in there yeah if i find it, it i'm gonna i'll splice it in there i know okay. it's in there somewhere god damn it um <laughs> Anyway, incredible game. I uh, yeah, I'm still hacking do it on expert, but I've I have to take days off in between because it's so immensely exhausting. Because expert is there's more randomness to it, like me and Josh talked about. So sometimes you'll just get a bad roll on an attack, and it it can be pretty frustrating. So, um, but that's okay. It's expert. It's supposed to be insanely hard. But yeah, it's. Oh, I have one boss left on the second island, the cuckoo clock. 
It's weird. The coolest thing about playing on Expert is because it changes the game so much, you get stuck on different bosses and you have this whole new appreciation for them. For example, I am having the most trouble with the fucking cuckoo clock right now on the second world. I've beat everything else on the second world. But they extend the phases in such an interesting way and that it's just maddening how they do it. And it's, and it's just, you learn the ins and outs of that game so well. But yeah, if you haven't played Cuphead yet and you have a PC or an Xbox One, I don't know what you're waiting for because that game is really cool. And we talk about it all the time. So, Fish, good luck beating King Dice. Now King Di- Now I'm going to just tease you about King Dice until you finish <laughs> King oh. Dice. Well, I'll make sure to beat him in no time then. We'll see. I mean, I like your confidence, but it, it starts to beat you down because it starts to take so long to get to him that when you die on him, you're like, I just want to practice him. I don't want to do all these other... Fu-. It starts to get in your head, man. Fucks with you. But once I figured it out, I'm not even kidding you. I beat him in one try. Uh, and Josh gave me a little, a pretty good tip too, but, mm. um, oh, you guys ain't going to throw any tips my way. Okay. No, fuck, you, fuck you guys. be off air to avoid more, more spoilers. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, transitioning from there to, to as far as other stuff we're playing here on the back end of this show. Oh, oh, I left a comment on the Instagram page that there is, I got two good comments I wanted to read. Um, not a super active day. And I think unfortunately it's because the sad reality is that, a lot of people just don't give a shit about VR, which bums me out, man. There's just, there's people just don't care about it, and it breaks my fucking soul. It just, it does. I, I've read a lot of articles at websites that their VR coverage, like if they do video, it can be very popular because it looks goofy, but if they write articles about it, people just either like love it or fucking hate it. It's just, it's because it's maybe it's not as interesting to hear or read about. If you've never put on a headset, it's just hard for people to get excited about it or understand, or they just don't give a fuck about it. it and, and I feel that when I talk about it on our Instagram page, but I did get two good comments because I Skyrim VR is coming out pretty soon. And I posted a, a fish, uh, posted a fish wearing huh. a, a VR, <laughs> wearing a VR headset, um, which is just a fun lie because I'll be the only one here who'd be playing Skyrim on VR. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate it is a cool picture of me, though. It looks it looks badass, yeah. Ready to face that giant evil spider. Um, the question of the week was basically, would bringing a legendary classic like Skyrim to VR be enough to make you want to take the plunge? Is remastering classic games for a new technology a great idea for bringing in a mass audience? Um, and I got a couple really good responses I wanted to read. So the first one is from Definition. It says, as long as I'm not forced to use the motion controls, I would. I was just thinking the other day how I'd love to see the first Assassin's Creed game done up for VR. I think there's value to bringing old games to it, but obviously it shouldn't be the whole VR experience. There should be new games that rival Skyrim or Assassin's Creed, at least in terms of being a complete game. Um, and then we got a really good comment here from the, T, the JT Cooper. says, if they brought classic games to it that represent this medium well for a new audience, that would be fantastic. For example. Dip into Naughty Dog's library with Uncharted 2, The Last of Us. Get some Metal Gear in there. Red Dead. Bring games over that gamers would love to play again in, yeah. in VR. But, go ahead, Josh. It seems like you have a thought on that. Those are all third-person games. Hmm. All of those. I don't know. I mean, other than just happening to see them in 3D, I don't know. It sounds more like a 3D TV sort of a thing than a VR, at least to me. I don't know. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like he's referring to them as, like, taking those franchises and doing something in VR. He's literally yeah. saying, like, he says uh, a lot of people haven't got know. to experience these games, 
you could see a kind of greatest hits collection done in VR. Yeah. But they both said that. Like the first person uh, definition talked about Assassin's Creed. That was third person too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think those worlds would be lots of fun to go into in VR. But I don't. The games that we've played so far, I don't see how those would translate at all. Um, without them doing something new, I don't know. I mean, unless. I don't know. I don't know if third person is enough to make someone want to pull out that headset. Um, because, it, you know, it is a little bit of work to set the thing up. And I don't know if they're not getting a lot of immersion there. You're right. It does basically just look 3D. If you, I was playing this racing game, Drive Club, and you can just go to the third person view for the vehicle. And it's mm-hmm. almost a little better because they didn't do the first person that well in that game. But it just feels like a slight, like a 3D version of the game normally. And it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go out of my way to do that. So... I respect what these people are saying, um, but I don't know if people are going to flock to do like a third-person game necessarily in VR. Um, but like the the first one, the uh, Assassin's Creed is interesting because you go inside the Animus, and the concept of that game is yeah. like stepping into another world. Hmm. So the idea is there. Yeah, be for like a spinoff. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that idea could be cool. I just don't. I don't know if we're quite there in order to have Assassin's Creed in VR feel like Assassin's Creed VR, like the the, the in-universe stuff. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. we're not there, obviously, because I mean, that whole thing is like complete immersion type thing that they're yeah. that they have in that universe. Um, That's true. You just feel like you're in another world, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that could be, be cool if they could find a way to make you feel like you are an assassin, like, and you're shuffling through a crowd, and you could use... This person didn't want to use the controllers, but if the move controllers were like the blades that you had, and you had to actually stealthily kind of walk around and, and try not to give yourself away, and um, if it was done in first... Like, spinoffs of all these franchises these people mentioned could be really cool, but you have to make something for VR, or it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They They have to change up those all the mechanics essentially because i mean if it's going to be in first person view for like assassin's creed like mm-hmm. like yeah you would have to have motion control but that would probably make climbing um a little bit more uh i want to say interesting other than you know holding hold, a button up yeah. yeah holding a button and pointing him towards the direction you yeah. want to go instead you're actually scaling it it'd feel more like that would a, be weird accomplishment yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah it'd probably be actually about as difficult as the platforming in the original game hold r and look where you want to go like <laughs> that's more or less what you did well, already but so maybe maybe it was maybe it's not more interesting from a gameplay perspective but more visually arresting to see yourself that climbing could be amazing yeah 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 and then they just don't don't overdo it don't make them climb 100 buildings because by the 50th building you're gonna be like i don't care if i'm in first person i'm tired of well, doing this you know? well that and how many times did you have to figure out which side of a tower to climb around to to find the rest of the way up if yeah. you can't see the other side of the tower you're just a crapshoot do i go right this time do well, i go left this time like mm-hmm. parts of it need to be redone to work in first person or i don't know i don't know it, that's well th- he has a good point though the first person definition said the first assassin's creed now i'm thinking about it there was only like nine i think assassinations in there yeah. it was more it was more tight in fact people yeah. criticized it at the time but it was a tighter experience you could probably turn that to first person and 
And that'd be like a six or seven hour game that wouldn't feel too overwrought, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, that could it's, be really it's neat. Inter- yeah. I, I, would, I would like to see how they did that. That yeah. game specifically. That would be an interesting one. Yeah. So. Yeah, like you could flick back your wrist with the move controller in your hand to kind of mm-hmm. extend the blade out of your wrist. That would be... That'd be interesting. I mean, it it, it it actually comes with a VR jacket that you wear, and you slide the you slide the move control. You slide them you... into your sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the collector's edition. The collector's edition oh, comes with this great. cheesy like hood. Oh man, the SS is pretty nerdy. Eat that shit. Up. <laughs> it has like one of those little safety warnings. Yeah. Please tie the move controller around your your wrist before placing it. Please inside close of your blinds cloak. before playing. Like nobody <laughs> wants to see this. <laughs> Um, uh, that would be fan, and I I don't think it has to move controller though, just because Resident Evil Seven proved that you can still do it fine with the controller. And mm-hmm. In fact, it's still great with the controller. The, I think the option for move is still cool. I like it, but I mean the controller's still fine. In fact, I don't want to play Skyrim with the move controller. I want to play it probably with the controller. But the issue I have with a lot of these games like Skyrim is I don't want to pay sixty dollars for a game that's like ten years old. I don't want to fucking do it, and I believe it's sixty fucking dollars. So that's insane to yeah. me. I don't want to do Skyrim in VR, period. Like, as huge as that game is, do you really want to have that headset on for the 300 hours it takes to finish that game? Yes. Like, that sounds like a bit much to me, at least. It, it, it is, but here's the thing. You get... VR legs are a real thing. Um, when you first start it, you'll have a day or two where you might have a headache or something. And I know this is always a horrible recommendation, but in truth... I got to the point where the, my last session with Resident Evil 7 was like four hours long. Didn't feel that bad. So I'm not saying every day has to be that long, but you kind of build a immunity to it. Just like anything in life. Your body just kind of adjusts to it. And I think you could play an hour or two a day. Even if you yeah. only played an hour a day, it could be something you played for several months yeah. if it was immersive. You, um, you could finish that uh, intro sequence in, in just a week playing that way. <laughs> we were on the cart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were on the cart. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm just worried that game's gonna feel too old and the VR won't add enough to it. Um that's a, a concern of mine. But it is gonna look prettier because it's the remastered edition of the game. Mm-hmm. So And I only played Skyrim once, so um I well, I'm you know what? I, I feel like that they, they they're doing they're they're still trying to fill out the market of the PSVR and I'm sure them going to like something that's been tried and true in the past, yeah. it, people would probably take interest in like, oh, I wonder how Skyrim feels in VR. And as far as like it, how they manage their campaign is um, uh, marketing it, um, it, it could go well for them. Uh, I mean, if they could sell the fact that it's almost a new experience or a more yeah. engaging experience than, you know, uh, playing it with a controller uh, on the TV as opposed to, like, having a headset and being inside that world. Like, it, it could be uh, what, you know, boosts the sales of those headsets and get Oh, my God, this is incredible. There. This is fucking incredible. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm really excited about this. It's not Resident Evil, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Fish. I, I got to I gotta go tweet this now. God, that's how pathetically. <laughs> so I was just, I was, they're doing an official bundle with PSVR and Skyrim. That's that's a smart idea. Um it you just, you're going to save yourself 50 bucks, so there is a price saving, and it literally it's a it's a v, that's the best bundle they could offer cuz you don't get Resident Evil 7 with the PSVR. 
So that that's cool. I'm looking at it right now. There's a box with Skyrim on it. It's a big deal that they're going to market. There is a Skyrim bundle for PSVR, and that seems really fucking smart to me. That seems like Sorry. the best way that they could market that as far as coming into the holiday season. Yeah, that, yeah. I yep. that seems like a good call for on their part. Even though even though I don't I'm not really looking forward to Skyrim in VR, I think that's a great marketing idea. I that I see that sent, you know, shipping more boxes than basically anything else they could put with it. Cuz people I, still gonna, love that game. They do. Uh, and and this is going to be a huge test. If this game is a bomb, this is going to be crippling, I think, for PSVR. I believe that in my heart. They say they're still going to support it, but I believe for this to take off the way I dream it will, I think that games like this have to be successful. So I'm curious from just an outsider's perspective to watch how this thing does. Um, because it, if this is poor, then it's going to look, it's, I think it's going to look bad. Now, the attach rate for VR, most people don't really know this, but there's only like, I think, one and a half million VR headsets that have been sold, which is actually a lot compared to the other ones. It's been a success, according to Sony, but the attach rate is high, which means there's only a million and a half uh, VR headsets out there, but like most of the games have like a one in five attach rate, which is very high. So your game might only sell 200,000 copies, but that's like one fifth of their entire, um, user base and that's really high in fact if you can tell a developer when they make a game it's going to sell 200,000 copies that's usually a really good thing right off the bat even some of the more mediocre games in vr so i'm rambling a lot here because i find this stuff interesting but uh, let's i want to see how this plays out i think that's smart i i didn't know there was going to be a bundle for skyrim and i think that's really cool yeah i do i think marketing wise that's a that's a great idea but yeah i'm i'm curious i'm i think like you said I think this was kind of going to show what the mainstream success is going to be. Like, I feel like this Mm -hmm. is their best chance to get this in front of as many people as possible. It's true. And so watch that. It's going to be interesting. Um, Transitioning topics here. Um, Josh, is there anything else that you've been playing that you wanted to mention? News noteworthy, anything on the podcast here? Uh, Just more of the same. I've got family in town. So we've been hanging out with them. Not not had a chance to play a lot. Getting mm-hmm. just just hanging out since it's been all. No time. Switch games with the family. No one two Switch or Mario Kart or anything. No, haven't done much of that. We've still been getting the house ready and stuff. Been unpacking and just just doing stuff. Hanging out because it's been forever since we've seen them. Um, well, I mean, we saw them this summer for that for the funeral, but you know, not really. Not had great a chance to hang out. Hang yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. So, not the best set of circumstances to see someone. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've not played a lot this week. I've been, yeah, hanging out with family. So it's been fun. Uh, playing more Mario, like I mentioned before, uh, more Overwatch, more Destiny Two. Um, more of the same. How's the how, How's the P- Destiny Two going on PC? Ah, uh, it's going all right. Um, I've got friends who play but not enough Super friends new. to raid as a full group mm. so we haven't really stepped into that at all um unfortunately because i'd really like to try that i mean I'm probably gonna have to end up getting like a random group together at some point for that i haven't raided either um, so don't feel bad um, you know what uh random raiding or what they have in place as far as like uh matchmaking for the raid um 
isn't that bad. Um, uh, if you go in as like the seeker, like you're looking for people to guide you through it, like it, it could go wrong because sometimes like the guides won't even know how to do the raid. Uh, so yeah, that that could be that yeah. could be a problem. But yeah. hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. like you just gotta get lucky with finding some really cool people to That's raid too with. Risky. Yeah. Um, not all of us can have the pizza bros like fish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was only three of us, and uh, we actually did the thing where we went in as guides, um, and we've never done the raid. You pretended to be a guide. <laughs> all three of us oh, did, of course. God, um, and we actually got grouped up with uh, three other seekers, and two of them have like done the raid like three uh, times that week, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we're just." We just like doing the raid, so we'll help you guys through it. And, yeah, so it's um, like whether you're a guide or a seeker, it's just people are like, look, I don't care what you call me. Just hook me up with a couple people that want to do the raid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, What's your light level that, now, Josh? Oh, I'm sorry. Fish, oh, where I am I at? Open. I'm like 290 now. Not super oh, wow. high because okay. I haven't been able to raid and it's no, only been no, a couple no, weeks, but. 290 yeah. good. I mean, it's getting there. I basically have the loadout I want, so I'm just. Just increasing light level at this point, more or less. Yeah. You've um, kind of tapped it out at this point. Yeah, more or less. I'm just grinding stuff up. Like, I I don't see myself really switching weapons around too much anymore. Um, so, yeah. You, know, you never know if Fish loves that game enough. He might get a PC copy down the road and make a third character. It's not Maybe. out of the realm. It's, imagine it's fish? super fun on PC. Oh, I, imagine how good that feels on a mouse, Fish. Imagine it. You feel it between your fingers. <laughs> Mm, I, I'm I'm more of wanting the uh, the awesome graphics on there, the fidelity, mm. and that so you get that is that, nice. Yeah, it, yeah, playing that with Oof. double the frames it feels so good. <laughs> God, God that sounds such, so enticing. Such nerds, double the frames. Ugh, I'm getting hard just thinking. It about makes it. a difference. It makes a difference, especially yeah, well, for yeah. a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, not the size of the frames. It's how you use it. That's what somebody uh. told me once. Somebody. Um, somebody. Yeah. Well, that's cool, Josh. Uh, Fish, how's the uh, mobile addiction going? How's the golf clash? How's you still good? hacking away? Okay. Yeah. I'm, like <laughs> I said, it's like it's an easy game to jump in and out of. And um, I, I got no other uh, phone games that I essentially play. Like I dropped Final Fantasy Brave Exeus, which was my previous addiction. And mm-hmm. okay. like, this fills the space just just nicely. I mean, if I have five minutes, I'll just play a little round. Uh, I got to a point where, well, initially, like, I would try and move up the tours, and, like, each tour you go to, you have to bet more money um, and into the pot against the person you're dueling, and yeah. eventually, like, I would get enough money to go to the highest tour that I could do. But I would lose that because I don't have that grade of clubs, and I would draw drop down and be like oh fuck i gotta win that money back so i would do the next highest tour but i would lose that one it was just like this downhill slope of like losing games in this game until like i had so you spend real money until you spend real money that's what it's that's how they design these games fish it's a fucking scam exactly yeah they've designed I, i could feel their design that way um where they'll like match you up against like a stronger opponent which sounds very fucking cheap you know and like i've i've gone up the way they determine like your skill isn't it skill based like even if they have better stuff shouldn't you still be able to beat them with skill 
Yes, yes, and you can. Um, but a lot of times, it's like a lot harder. It, it is a lot harder, but um, it, it is tougher though because those people who do spend the money eventually are hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean, if you're spending money on the game, you're probably playing it a lot. So. Yeah, and, and whenever you do spend money in this game, you're getting gems, and you can use those gems to buy clubs or chess. And you collect cards of clubs, and when you get a certain number of them, you upgrade that club so it has better stats as far as like giving it distance, uh, hitting the ball further, or mm-hmm. giving it curl or backspin, um, all sorts of different stuff uh, as far as stats go. But all of our so listeners it, are falling asleep right now as we talk about <laughs> golf. It, backspin, it, curl, and yeah, that's true. And, uh, Essentially, just like yeah, that's gauge the distance, do the pin. <laughs> you, should, you should narrate that game they don't have a narrator in that game but yeah it benefits what's funny is every time i log on to play with fish because I, I don't really play the game but like i like challenging him every time i log on it was like fish was on five minutes ago it's like damn it i missed him i log on a couple of fish was on three minutes ago i'm like god damn it i always miss fish by like just a couple minutes so he's never online. I never catch him. We haven't like crossed paths at the right time. So mm. we've been able to challenge him. I could just say, "Hey, fish, do you want to play?" But I was hoping I want to like surprise. Yeah, if him, only you were you playing know? this game on some sort of communication device Ugh. where you could get in touch with fish and if I don't know, only. sync your schedules so so you don't <sighs> miss each other like that. Man, I wish technology would get to the point. I know that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, we can dream. Um. Well, that's cool. I um I was gonna tell you guys that I, I don't think anything else really super important that I run. I want to run over the Instagram stuff here. Um, I had an incredible week meeting people. Uh, as far as uh, I will generally try to reach out to every single person that we that follows us on the Instagram account. Our Instagram account is kind of our main hub right now, um, because we're a smaller, you know, four person team. Um, met so many cool people, and uh, so if I've reached out to you or you're part of our community. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. As far as things I posted yeah. this week. Yeah, as far as things I posted this week, uh, I already talked about a couple of them. Um, actually, that's it. That's everything was the uh, the Skyrim thing and the Mario Art Direction thing. But yeah, the community has been uh, just incredible. Um, speaking of incredible, I had a breakfast sandwich from Taco Bell this morning. Oh, God. And I have to tell you, that fucking thing wow that's a good fucking that's a good fucking what wait hold on it's not a sandwich i call it a breakfast sandwich so i need to back up that's my first fuck up right there okay it is a breakfast taco and they call it a closed taco now i don't even like to- i'm not really that big on taco bell honestly like i ate it a lot as a kid but now as an adult it makes me sick and i don't like the taste of their meat anymore um what but you don't I, like 50 percent <laughs> meat 50 percent cardboard is that I, not your thing? I've I'm more like thirty percent cardboard. That's more my mm-hmm. yeah. My, you know, fifty percent is too much. You know what I mean? Uh, I have my limits. So yeah, once they went to the the fifty percent cardboard ratio in the mid two thousands, I really lost my my taste for a Taco Bell. Um, but I haven't been there in so long, and I was running home. My girlfriend was just like, "Please grab some food. I'm starving." And I was like, "Uh, Taco Bell." And she's like, "Fine, let's do it." So, but it was incredible. So that's all I gotta say. That thing was fucking great. And uh, have you ever, have you guys had their talk the Taco Bell breakfast yet? I've had it once, and I went and got. It sounded good at the time. 
it was it? it was their crunch wrap and it was like their country breakfast so it had like sausage egg and gravy inside of it and in the that, crunch wrap in the crunch wrap oh that's weird yeah no that yeah. doesn't sound and uh, it sounded good to me it was fucking disgusting <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you this fish when you get a chance tonight this week do this for me okay we'll check mm-hmm. up next week on the podcast try no. their standard crunch wrap with bacon i'm saying bacon crunch wrap from taco bell it's great okay it's good great. morning okay it's, i'm okay. not even fucking with you it's fantastic um but yeah, other than that, um, no, it's been it's been a great week for Sword Chomp and the Chompcast. Honestly, we talked about a lot of stuff. Next week, I I think so. Is next week? I believe Battlefront is coming out as we kind of wrap up the show here. Uh, I'm checking into it right now as we speak because I think that might be the game that I shoot for. Um, as as well as Shay will be back. We have a bunch of games to talk with. Shay is like doing his purge. He couldn't be here today, but he's he's trying to this game of the year time. Okay, so we are fucking cramming you guys in particular i'm caught up okay I'm, i got a fucking timer on you i'm still you know every time fish i need to get like an alarm on the show and every time fish is on the show and he says he finishes a game i'm gonna play that fucking air horn or something that we used to play um because it's gonna be a monumentous occasion and i'm gonna get like a the calendar in my room with a countdown thing because game of the year will be here before you guys know it you know it's the beginning of november end of december is gonna be here and uh you guys gotta cram me and josh are good we're good. Fish and Shay, however, all the Tinder and all the Destiny has slowed them down. And uh, we need to make amends here. Okay? I don't know. Tinder is up there for me on Game of the Year, too, though. I mean... <laughs> really? The, the last hmm. patch has really... Oh, that last really, update. You're really right. done wonders for it. So When you swipe left now, it just feels good. You get yeah, like that... right, right. Oh, there's something about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That re- instant feedback recognition—it's—it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, really incredible. I th- it looks like <laughs> Battlefront Two comes out on November seventeenth, so mm-hmm. that puts us at it's next yeah, Friday. Yeah, so that, so yeah. we'll figure something out. We're good at finding all sorts of interesting things to talk about next week. Um, so next week is going to be a little up in the air. You know what? I might even if I'm able to get it in time, I might be able to literally play that all day before the podcast. But again, I don't want to be the only one just yammering about Coming it. Coming so. on a Friday, well, that's odd for a non-Nintendo yeah. game. A lot of these releases, man, fucking weird times. Yeah. Um, I'm used to that for Nintendo stuff coming out on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. But uh-huh. strange for everyone else. It really is. It really is. Um, Tuesday was the way it was when I was a kid, and that's the way it always should be. God damn it. Um, anyways, it's been a really uh, super fun show. Thank you to everyone that. Love the comment that we used. Of course, thank you, Josh, for being here from Michigan. Fish from Texas. And, of course, I'm from Montana. We will be back next week with an all-new Chompcast. And uh, we will see you then. Peace out. They don't have a time on that? Your desk is wobbling or something, so you're just, like, flopping up.